All right, we are here with sort of a an emergency uh, edition of Sounding Off on Soccer, if you will. Um, the, the past few days have been very interesting. And so this is John Krasinski, Pittsburgh Soccer Now, uh, with me on the other side of the state, Philadelphia Soccer Now, Philly Soccer Now, um, however you guys want to call yourselves. It's been a great, good year, I think, uh, to first year uh, being part of uh, the Sports Now family. Uh, Matt Ralph, uh, it, it's great to have you here. Great to be here, John. Uh, great to uh, again, as as we we always strive to connect the Commonwealth. It's such a large, large area, but we are we all have the same license plates, and uh, we all have the same government in Harrisburg. So it's great to great to connect. <laughs> yeah, and that, sometimes it feels like, hey, that's about it, or it feels like there's so much more. Uh, PIAA soccer. Um, you know, there there are true things that do bind us. Uh, players that are on the Riverhounds that have Eastern ties, or there are uh, people from the Pittsburgh area that kind of make their way uh, east, and uh, that uh, you know you're keeping close ta close tabs on. So I always appreciate the, the back and forth that we have, and then hopefully we're both um, you know sharing information. I, I know you've been very helpful sometimes in terms of some people that we may not be aware of who are progressing and or doing different things, with different clubs uh, on the Eastern side, uh, whether it's scholastic and collegiately or even professionally. Um, soccer is, it, it, it's kind of, it's sometimes it's tough to corral everything uh, in, in terms of news information and, and, and sharing accolades and all those things, Matt. And I think you and I, uh, we're, we're just constantly working through that, that, that whole piece of it, aren't we? Yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. And uh, you know, we have, I was just talking with a guy on our staff. He's from Pittsburgh. He, he got to, he had a, his wife had a baby and um, they were, they were able to, I was asking how the baby's doing. Well, we got to go to Pittsburgh and visit family and, and cousins and stuff. So um, always, whenever I go to town, I always like check in with him, like what, you know, about where to go and what to do. And, you know, we got to go to a Phillies, a Phillies Pirates game last summer. My son uh, loved that. The Pirates won. Um, I don't, actually have a, a rooting interest in, in that one but um but yeah it's it's great i love i love pittsburgh and um you know it's been it's great to kind of uh you know I, my entry was always the river hounds of course bob lilly uh you know pennsylvania soccer legend that he's become um but then also the piaa the, the finals always oh it's finals time got to see what 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 Beal's, uh up to and uh who uh you know that that fun rivalry we have between the uh, the two sides of um of high school soccer as well oh yeah so but now here we are it's what are we in almost towards we're starting to tilt towards the end of february uh the domestic seasons are going to get ready to kick off soon but in us soccer circles though the us open cup is it's been uh probably about a two month yeah, it's been about two months now. We're looking at this. What's the MLS sort of trying to seize control of kind of really, you know, direct things in their favor? Or I don't know, however you want to. There's a million ways we could look at it. Are they doing it for very selfish interests? You know, a lot of people have opinions. Um, is U.S. soccer headed in the right direction? The little guy, the 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 lower divisions where what is happening here um and of course the latest uh in this in this whole ordeal is that the u.s open cup in 2024 the proper tournament is 
you know, is set to start within the next month, uh, I believe toward, at the end of March, with the first round kicking off of mostly amateur uh, clubs and lower division leagues uh, getting ready to kick off. But the MLS's role, of course, uh, they they wanted to pull the first teams out. And, you know, you're on the other side of the state. You're you're covering the union uh, and you have team covering the union. You have people who in Philadelphia area, you know, and, and South Jersey and, and 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 even in East Central Pens- in Central Pennsylvania, where, you know, you, you have a lot of uh, you know, you've been involved with the game as well. I mean, there's so many other layers of the game and people who are involved. Um, I don't know. I just think that uh, it, it just this is a, a tournament that I think just affects a lot of people on a lot of different levels. Um, I don't know. What's your what's been your takeaway on on all this? Yeah, I mean, there's a few things that come to mind. I mean, Pennsylvania is such a has been such a, a so much of the history we have in this uh, Commonwealth in soccer has been rooted in the Open Cup. I mean, you wrote a book about the rivalry between the Riverhounds and the uh, City Islanders, and I mean, the City Islanders have had. Um, you know, obviously the Riverhounds went on an incredible run and we were, I was rooting for them all the way um, once the union got out. But, um, you know, City Islanders have such has such a great history. Um, whenever I see Bill Betra, I, you know, we end up inevitably talking about the Open Cup and and just the, the you know, the all the just incredible upsets they had in that tournament. And, of course, the history here with the Philadelphia Ukrainian Nationals and Bethlehem Steel and uh, Jim Curtin. Um, you know, I just I was writing this morning about how, you know, part of this that uh, one of many things that's upsetting is like Jim Curtin is a guy who 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 won the Open Cup and it, it meant it still means a lot to him and it's meant a lot to him as a coach and obviously coaching in three finals and losing is something that still I think that you know it's an elusive trophy that um, the indication is that at the very least we're gonna um, not have Champions Cup teams, uh, you know, Union are making their uh, Champions Cup debut tonight in Costa Rica um, when we're recording this. And, you know, just at the very least, the Union will likely not be participating. And how that how that trickles down, you know, we have uh, VE um, and Westchester United are both in the Open Cup local teams here. Um, great local amateur squads, obviously Steel City over on the other side of the state and, you know, for Westchester United and VE, you know, the, one of the big draws to this, cause you know, they don't, it's not money. They're not making money off this, right? Like if anything, they're, they're fundraising and, and trying to figure out how to get through this. But the, the thing that really drives them is they're not going to win it and they're not going to make money. It's getting to play an MLS team or getting to play a professional side. Um, I mean, Steel City wants to play the Riverhounds like that. That would be um, that would be a dream come true for a lot of those guys. And regardless of the outcome, it's just the opportunity. And I remember when Westchester United hosted the City Islanders, it was, you know, it was a huge deal. Um, they packed out the the field there that they um, in Westchester. And, you know, it was a really big event that people still talk about. And so um their goal is to play the Philadelphia Union. And now a lot of things are pointing to the fact that they won't even have a chance to do that. Um, and so I think it does, it takes away from it. Um, you know, we have a national amateur cup. So if people want to say like, well, you know, 
you know, they they should just make it like that. Like, well, no, we already have a national amateur cup. This is the one cup that involves every um, every professional team, and that I think that's a huge part of it. And you know, the amateurs work really hard to get into it. I mean, local qualifying is a grind. Um, finishing, you know, one of the top, you know, Westchester made the semi semifinal of MPSL. That's how they got in. Uh, VE had to win four games over other tough opponents. It certainly helped that Westchester and I w- wasn't one of them, but you know they've had to really work and 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 win games and build a program and invest in you know adult players, which a lot of times can be um, you know not unlike a U8 team and trying to corral them and get get them going in the same direction and. The difference in youth is obviously all the work schedules and just uh, balancing that. So, you know, I think it's really unfortunate that the union have played one game in each of the last two, three years in the Open Cup. And it, it just, to me, all the excuses that are made and, you know, we have fans here who are like, wow, you know, it doesn't make money or it doesn't this or there aren't many fans. It's like, well, um, that, that that's no reason to just obliterate history and, um, you know, eliminate this connection because, um, you know, and that's the thing too, like talking to people like who, who sort of stick up for MLS in this scenario is that soccer isn't like any other sport, right? Cause, um, you know, baseball has minor league systems and all that, but like, there's no other sport that connects all of the levels of soccer through cup competitions, other, you know, other leagues have promotion and relegation through uh, international play, um, you know, and so through intercontinental play. So the, the, the key factor of soccer leagues and they're different across the world and some places don't have domestic cups and some do, but the thing is, is that there is a connection between all the, I mean, it's called association football, right? (laughs) (laughs) if if you're if you're if you're calling yourself an association football club uh league and you want nothing to do with teams that are not in under your umbrella then that's really problematic and concerning to me absolutely and you know things played out uh this we're recording this on tuesday and uh the 20th but on monday the 19th Things sort of played out uh, there over the weekend. There was an article posted um, and it it talked about, you know, that U.S. Open Cup, um, you know, really in the MLS. MLS is most likely, you know, looking to drop out, that sort of thing. But then yesterday uh, at the uh, Jeff Carlisle, I think ESPN.com, um, you know, he he uh, he. I followed up on uh, U.S. Open Cup, uh, I guess, I'm sorry, U.S. Soccer's uh, Arthur Matheson uh, reportedly resigned as chairman of the Soccer Federation um, in it's part of this kind of this dispute. The Open Cup Committee, yeah. Yep. Yeah. And um, over this top sanctioned um, divisions participation and uh, maybe their lack of interest moving forward and all that kind of stuff. But then by this, the end of the day, you know, words kind of coming out that, uh, you know, they, well, they confirmed, somebody confirmed, I, I don't even know where the sources were coming from, uh, just different uh, writers, whether it was Jeff uh, or, or, or uh, 
the athletic or someone else. But there are different sources that are popping up throughout the day uh, saying now if by the end of the day, at least there's going to be some version of the 2024 U.S. Open Cup. But we don't know what that's going to look like. You're alluding to the fact that most likely MLS is going to come in with the teams that are in, you know, in the, in the, in the Champions League, uh, you know, the union in particular, uh, one of them, you know, w- probably won't be part of this. There will probably be some sort of, you know, I, I don't know. I, I mean, it, could it also be no MLS? I mean, I, who knows? Yeah, and the Houston Dynamo in that scenario would would not be able to defend their uh, comp, their their cup, right? So their title. And you know, one of the things I talk about, like I'm I'm I do not like the League's Cup. Um, it's crazy. It's funny to me that they don't even acknowledge the history of the, their own League's Cup. They act like it started oh. last year, which it didn't. Um, I mean, it, that's not an indication of how little MLS values its own history. I don't know what does because the Leeds Cup initially started as it's kind of a it's kind of a Europa League style format, which I, I think I think is fine. Um, it, you know, my issue from the get go was that it really just seemed like a way to get Liga Mackey fans to come to MLS games because they don't come in large numbers. They support their Mexican teams and and not much else. I mean, I've. You know, I was at a Chivas game at Soldier Field one time, and I you could I didn't realize I was in the U.S. I I, right. I didn't see many fire fans there, um, and was that summer '99 I think, but um, yeah, so it really kind of started out that way, um, you know, and the union were supposed to play in that competition, it ended up getting canceled, uh, during the COVID um, pandemic, and you know that's how it started. And then they like decided, Oh, we're going to take a month off the season. We're going to basically force everybody into this thing. And um, it's going to be a made for Apple TV spectacle. And um, Messi kind of came in. And and so ele- Messi elevated the, 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 you know, and the fact that Intermind right. could win games uh, elevated that, but, you know, so it's a competition that only takes place in North um, in U S and I believe Canada as well. And so it's my, 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 the way I've kind of framed it is like the MLS MLS expanded their fake competition. Um, it's fake. And I say fake because if you don't play road games, it's not a real comp. Like if you're not going to, if you're going to have a competition with Mexico, but you're not going to play any games in Mexico, then it's not a real competition. And you know, right. it's, it's great that like the, the idea is fine. Like all the teams in MLS play all the teams in Liga MX. Um, but also, where in the world do they completely stop the season to do this? I mean, that to me that adds to it. Um, but also, this idea that them it's really a competition based around MLS. Like they, they I mean, my thing I've been saying is I want. If the top four team, the f- final four teams are Liga MX teams, does MLS even talk about it then? Like, do they even care? Because it's really about them trying to market as, oh, we're the North American. These are the North American powerhouses. We beat Liga MX teams or whatever, even though the teams from Mexico seem to have not taken it uh, very seriously. Um, so, th- so on the one side, you have this sort of fake manufactured for Apple. Um, 
competition. And then on the other side, you have a real competition that is how competitions are supposed to be. You know, there's a blind draw to determine where the games are played. They're played everywhere, you know, and, you know, domestically. And now MLS is essentially threatening to make that competition less authentic so they can continue just to control their manufactured competition that only MLS teams can participate in. Um, you know, obviously, I, part of this, I, I'm not sure where the independent MLS Next Pro teams stand with this. I assume they're in regardless. I think it, um, right. Well, no, I think if if they well. I don't think they're. In. I don't think they're in. I think they're okay. out. I think they wanted them to be in if th they would walk. They were going to walk away, which is again was the most bizarre thing to me was why didn't they just continue as is and just just filter their clubs and well, I guess that the question was the roster size limits was was a big issue. Yeah, and, and that's tied in with the the CBA, which you can't really do a lot with that, but also these teams really can field reserve teams. I mean, a roster, you can't tell me a roster of 30 players, you, you can't field almost an entirely different team. Uh, so, and that's essentially what the union have done. They've kind of shipped the competition and that's fine. Um, you know, it, they had to travel I, I to Florida, they had to travel to Orlando. So, I mean, all, right off the bat, if you're traveling in the midst of uh, fixture congestion, you're going to, you're, probably going to throw out a um you know a team that you don't think is going necessarily going to win um in that and that's fine but also that should be yeah. the coaches and technical staffs making that decision not the, not 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 the front office yeah it was very interesting last year before the riverhounds played columbus uh it was just looking at columbus's depth they were just they were ravaged by injuries they were going through a little bit of a struggle this is the team that ended up winning the mls cup but this was a team they were ravaged by injuries, especially on the back line. They had some they had some significant issues. Um, they they were still learning the system, you know, with a new coach mm -hmm. they, they were, you know, the, the Riverhounds caught them at the right time. I'll say that for sure. But. You know, that was but it was a test to the Riverhounds, too, because they had to go to their into their depth. And it was just interesting to see a USL championship club to be able to. To put out, you know, we're playing a, a middle of the week game. They had league games on both sides of the week and each weekend, and you know, held their own. They they put some of their bench players in the starting lineup, and there were some starters who didn't even play in that Columbus win. Uh, you know, number of starters who didn't play in that Columbus win. So I think if a USL Championship squad is built with and has solid depth, that they can they can hang, you know, in these, these situations, but it just boggled my mind a little bit that the MLS club with the resources that they had couldn't overcome, you know, the depth chart situations and the injuries to put together maybe a little bit better team. Uh, and of course they did. I mean, they did hold off, hold out, hold out, excuse me, some of their top players uh, in that match, but still, I just, I don't know. I was just a little surprised by that. Yeah, and I think a lot of it too is that the the, the the league's cup is what really has created this bloated schedule. Right. Um, the, the, they're saying, "Oh, it's schedule congestion." The the team that the you know the Dynamo played what five games in the Open Cup, <laughs> you know, and 
Uh, Miami played like eight games in, uh, you know, the, the union ended up with like 50 games last year. Uh, they expanded the playoffs. They expanded, they, they expanded Leafs cup into a month long tournament. And then they, on the back end are saying, well, we can't have our teams participating in open cup because of schedule, which is, it's just simply not, uh, it's mm -hmm. not the factor because they can field reserve teams and teams have done that generally until the quarterfinals. And then teams really do, you know, MLS teams generally take it seriously a lot of times depending on, on how they're they're doing in the league. And, you know, Ben Olsen famously won uh, Open Cup with a D.C. team that was, I don't know if they were last place or second to last uh, in the league. And that was, that was their MLS Cup that year. They knew they weren't going to make playoffs and, you know, I think Ben has proven that he is a great coach. <laughs> um, and, you know, it's it's been great to see him as a, you know, central PA guy go out and, you know, win the Open Cup with a different team and really show like, hey, this guy, um, it didn't work out in the end in D.C. He was there as a player and as a coach for a long time. But he really is, you know, a legitimate coach in this league to be able to go and take uh, that Dynamo team, turn them around make them an open cup winner and a playoff contender as well last season. Yeah. So any predictions on what you think this will look like moving forward? I think for this year, I think probably the compromise is to have the non champions league teams um, in that. And I, the, the number eight's been thrown around. I haven't had a chance to look at what, what that actually would look like. But uh, I, I think the MLS needs to have some representation in the league. And honestly, for the teams that aren't really playoff contenders, again, you know, e even in the league's cup, if you don't advance out of your group, which I, I think they kind of structure it in a way that benefits themselves. Uh, so they get as many, they can knock out as many league and equity teams and make it as, you know, guarantee as many uh, MLS teams make it deep in the tournament as possible. But, it, you know, you can go essentially three games or whatever the number is uh, and get knocked mm -hmm. out. And then you have to schedule friendlies and, and all of that. Um, I don't know if the Riverhounds got involved in any of those, but, you know, they're, I think most of them are probably more inter like, you know, MLS teams playing other MLS teams that got knocked out. But so it's possible to not have end up adding that many games to your schedule if you don't perform well in League's Cup and you don't make playoffs. Then you go back to the 34 game schedule. You know, why wouldn't those teams want to compete? Um, and I know that the essentially MLS acts as the owners as a group act, but we don't know, you know, who's driving this. Like, is it really, is it Don Garber? Is it Eddie Q and Tim Cook at Apple? Like, who is it? Who's driving this? Because what we're hearing publicly from players and coaches is that they, that they take it seriously, that they, they want to win that open cup trophy has weight. It has significance. Um, you know, I don't know the league's cup, you know, I think in time it maybe we'll, we could with some changes, I think it could take on uh, added significance, but as the league continues to grow, the, the supporter shield, unfortunately becomes less and less of a, um, of a factor when you're literally playing like, you know, when there's like 15 teams, you're not even playing. <laughs> I mean, how, or 12 teams or whatever, you're not playing. Uh, how serious does it become? But, you know, I think there's, uh, 
I think we'll see something that's at least a compromise in this. Uh, I don't think U.S. soccer wants to go nuclear as much as people would. Certain people would love uh, the, the nuclear option. I don't think that's good for anybody. Um, the compromise sure. isn't great, uh, but at least uh, you know I think there's going to be a, at least a, I, I can't see the U.S. Open Cup just not happening. That would that would be. Um, that would re be really unfortunate, but I think there'll be, you know, a limited number of teams probably in the end that, that do participate and we'll probably see an MLS team win it again. Uh, Cause that's, that's generally what what's happening. Although, like you said, I mean, USL championship has caught up, uh, you know, you had even like a union Omaha made a nice run in the tournament as well. So in league one. Um, so I think we're, we're getting closer it seems to the time when we will see a lower division team win. And I would love that. I would love if the river hounds or FC Tulsa or Louisville, somebody all <laughs> places I've lived, if they would win that. Um, but I think we'll see at least see some, some semblance of a, of an open cup this year. We have to, right. I mean, even if they want to make plans for next year, like they can't just completely, you know, that, that, I think that's the thing that's probably the most upsetting. Like, okay, we get it. Like, MLS wants to do MLS what MLS wants to do, but you're literally holding hostage a tournament that's supposed to be starting in less than a month from now, and or about a month from now. So that's yeah, that's where I'm, where I'm yeah. Where I'm, you know, from a public relations standpoint, from you know the the, the United States soccer community, um, I you know I'm hearing things from you. I'm reading up on everything and. I'm sensing, you know, that the, the, you know, the first year uh, contract with Apple, um, you know, the, the MLS is, uh, you know, obviously feeling that the, maybe a little bit of wanting to just really put their foot down on USL championship or USL when they can, the pro rel, uh, you know, as I was going to say like there you know, there's certain angle of certain people that would want to just blow everything up and you know and go in completely different directions uh u.s soccer federation is 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 sitting on very precarious ground and the other thing is what would happen if everything was blown up you know or if there was a complete stalemate like heading through the rest of this week with less than a month ago before the original schedule um would FIFA have had to get involved, you know, mm -hmm. that kind of thing because of the division one sanctioning and, you know, with the, we've got the World Cup coming up in two years now. So I can't believe I'm saying that. Uh, so there's a lot of factors involved. And of course, in the era of Twitter and instant information everything is circulating um so it, it's been an interesting 24 hours for sure matt and um i think from pittsburgh standpoint you know the riverhounds made such a deep run last year never easy to repeat that i mean that you know and, and the way the riverhounds are operating right now the way they've always operated and that is yeah they're bringing back a lot of players they have a lot of depth i know what it means to that organization to have a sustained run in the U.S. Open Cup. They were dying for it for almost a decade, maybe even their whole exist 25-year existence. And they finally had it last year. I think there was maybe one or two other ones that they could point to in their past history and say they, had, they were real proud of. But last year was a new standard. Um, but we've seen how hard it is to for clubs on the 
that level to repeat that. Although, honestly, the Harrisburg <laughs> City Islanders were one of the few clubs that just had a knack uh, for doing it year after year, or at least that re- getting a, an upset or two year after year. Um, but I don't know. I, I, but it'd be interesting to see how the Riverhounds progress forward this year as a club. Um, a lot of things went in their direction last year as far as the Open Cup run. Um, I thought Cincinnati was terrific and deserved deservedly won that match, even though there was the you know the first goal was a little controversial. Mm. But you know, it, it, all you can do is put yourself in position. I think the other thing, the Riverhounds, you know, again, one only one match against an MLS team at Highmark Stadium, really in the last ten nine ten years. That's, that's uh, wild. And then to see the the MLS greed, or if you will, where people feel is. You know, they, they want 40% of the revenues, uh, it, you know, as one bargaining chip uh, that came out of the, one of the stories this past weekend. Um, you know, I, I think that's that's an area where it's I'm sure there, you know, money is not is tight across all boards. But MLS has the deepest pockets and for them to be holding out. For certain, you know, with certain things like that, it is a little ridiculous from my standpoint. Um, from 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 our standpoint, just you know, I I know, and and apparently for the twenty twenty four Open Cup to take place, the U.S. Soccer Federation is going to have to dig deep into their pockets to make concessions for the hosting teams and for the travel mm-hmm. and for some. For you know whatever for what everything that's involved, um, but it is a non-Apple TV entity, <laughs> and yeah. and so that's another factor involved. Uh, so there's a there's challenges all the way around, but I think that so many people want to make it happen. Um, yeah, I I don't know. I've kind of gone around in the last few minutes here, but uh, but I, I think this is something that uh, there's a lot of question marks as we head into March or aren't there yeah and I, I think also there's there's a question about the long talked about women's open cup which um, is long overdue so uh, you know I think this there's a there's there's a value in having these types of competitions and I think it needs to extend to the to the women's side and I hope this doesn't hurt that because you know I'm excited about the USL Super League and the possibility now of having additional, um, you know, women's professional teams in markets. I would love for Philadelphia to be one of those in the future. I would love for Philadelphia to have a USL championship team too. I really think um, that would be a, be an awesome experience too, where, you know, if we really want to fight this battle, let, let, let's just give fans the, the opportunity to choose like, Hey, do I want to go see the Philadelphia USL championship team? Or do I want to continue to support a league that doesn't actually support soccer as a whole in this country? That if, if, if their, if their stamp and their brand isn't on it. And I think that's it. The, the PR aspect of it, I think is, I think I tweeted yesterday that it's concerning that this came out and there was a backlash and then they kind of waited for that to quiet down and then came back again. And it's like you it, it just really shows that they're not how unwilling they are to put aside whatever this petty thing they have going on with USL and, you know, actually just continue to support 
to a very, very small thing to support soccer in, in the U.S. and to support the history. But again, they're not even acknowledging the, their own history of the League's Cup. You know, when when the game ended, it was like the first ever League's Cup trophy. Like, the, you already had this competition. Like, you're not even acknowledging the history of your own competition. Going on there. Yeah, and so, and, and you know, they finally had a playoff format. They had... LAFC, the number one team in the West, playing Philadelphia Union, number one team in the East. And then what do they do? They have to go change it. What, like, And I know that Apple's driving that. But also, why are you getting in bed with, and full disclosure, my brother works there. Like, I'm not anti-Apple. I'm more pro-Apple than I have ever been pro-MLS. They make great products. But why are you basically giving the keys to a professional soccer league to a tech company? Um, it's like mental health letting tech companies take over and sell private <laughs> patient data because my wife is a counselor. So that's that world too. It's like, why, why do we continue to see? And maybe it's like, you know, people say it's like, you know, end stage capitalism, whatever. It's like, we're just like, you know, things, the, the, the shittification of the, of, of the internet and social media. And, you know, I, I really want to read Corey Doctorow's book on that. I heard a great interview with him, but like, it's just like we're we're just kind of like throwing up a white flag and just letting other people run run soccer. And now MLS has so much power in U.S. soccer that they're the ones calling the shots. Like that's that's really concerning. And you know, I'm not like a pro rel guy. I'm not like a conspiracy theory guy. Like I don't I don't subscribe to really any conspiracy theories because they're just theories. But Every time, every time you turn around, it's like, well, MLS is just proving once again that the people, their biggest critics about them have a reason to be their biggest critics. So um, there just seems to be very little uh, attempt to, to um, essentially reverse history. I mean, the reason that U.S. soccer, American soccer is where it's at is because of this stuff's been going on for hundred, like over 100 years of people fighting about how to do things when we actually have a model of a global sport and i think that's the tension right the tension is that american sports still do all-star games why on earth do we have all-star games i mean there's a great uh article a piece on the radio on npr yesterday about mm -hmm. the all-star game and how much of a joke it is and how at one point in time it made sense you know you didn't have highlights on social media you know way to bring everybody exactly. together but it's completely exactly. irrelevant and so we're, right. we're we're trying to take soccer, a global sport where we have endless numbers of models of how to do things, um, regardless of the pro rel, which is the most common thing, the European calendar, which is only part of Europe. Um, uh, you can have this, this, you know, I get I get bent out of shape when people say like, oh, well, the European calendar, like, well, which part of Europe are we talking? Because there's lots of people in Europe that do the same schedule we do. Um, so you have this model of a global game, but we're continue the, the the top flight is continuing to be led by a guy who came from the NFL. Like, I don't, does the guy even like soccer? I don't even know. And trying to make this an American thing, which it, it's not, and it's, it, it shouldn't be, um, it shouldn't be the NBA. It shouldn't be major league soccer or major league baseball. It shouldn't be NFL. And, and I think that's where the tension is of actually connecting the sport, the way it was met, set up in the beginning um, as a, like I was explaining to a kid yesterday, like where soccer comes from, it's literally from the word association and um, English people who don't 
again, who don't respect their own history of inventing the word soccer, who make fun of us for it, like, shame on them. Like, you invented the, the name, we just adopted it. <laughs> um, and that's, I think, is a tension of, like, the American mm -hmm. sort of capitalism business model around these things. And, and yes, it should, there should be ways to make it, make money, but then it shouldn't be at the expense of the sport itself. And that, that's where I think I, like, I really get frustrated about. Well, and I think this was a good uh, forum for us because we, we basically spent the last, you know, half hour, 35 minutes, um, as a, a nice exercise in in uh, bashing, uh, you know what's going on at the top and and Major League Soccer and U.S. Soccer Federation is definitely not uh, their hands aren't completely clean in all this. But um, but these this, these are uh, transitional uh, times. Things are just you know in, in a way the sport is exploding in a way that it, it, they sort of can't con control you know control everything or find really the most get back to the ground and find a way to come together for the better of the game and, and grow the game in this country, which is such an important uh, thing to do as we head into world cup year uh, 2026 uh, new audience. I mean, everyone wants new audiences, right? Mm -hmm. It's all about those new audiences. You know, when you talk from in terms of building a product and all that type of stuff. So it'll be very interesting to see how, I think when someone experiences the open cup for the first time, that's, that's another thing that I think a lot of people in Pittsburgh experienced that last year for the first time in a way that was very special. And so it will be interesting to see how, you know, there's that, like I, I often say, coming right off as a, as kind of a just a general sports fan coming off of March Madness and being able to jump right in or even at the same time but jump right into April and all of a sudden you've got the U.S. Open Cup which a lot of people don't know exists mm -hmm. but when you experience it and you're coming right off of March Madness it's just you just it's a gift that keeps on giving and I enjoy that uh, in terms of just being able to experience it now I've experienced it firsthand I've gone to round one you have you've certainly been on the ground uh zero too and been out there um you know covering the derby city rovers against the tartan devils uh you know oak avalon fc like in my the first round park. in some <laughs> recreational park in 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 northern uh in southern indiana like i mean this is that's the heart and soul of what this tournament's about and but to, and by know, the, the way, those, by the way, those people are also MLS's customers, right? Like, and that's that's right. the thing that I think it it just gets lost in all this is that like every like the people who play the game are also, you know, not always, but are are the at least the demographic or the audience of the sport, and so it's just all these things to me just kind of again, it's just like you know. I mean, there's reasons. There's reasons for all of this, right? And money, money talks, and all of that. But it's still just like you know, this is what makes the sport unique. Like, embrace that. Um, you don't have to publicize it or whatever. Just let it be. <laughs> let your teams decide who they're going to field on the put on the field, and just be done. Like to me, it's just like like 
I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't know why it has to become this, um, this, this, this drama. Why, like, why do we need this drama? Just leave it how it is, work around it, um, ignore it, treat it like whatever, like treat it like a lot of, treat it like Liga Mekki fans treat MLS or a lot of people who don't live in the MLS markets treat MLS and just, just be done with it. And yeah. And I think the world cup point is, is a great one because, um, there's going to, these things are going to be amplified, um, whatever, whatever issues are going on, um, you know, inquire has a big story about turf today and it's a it impact on kids and, you know, whatever issues are uh, associated with the sport, um, are going to be amplified and the world's watching. What do we want them to know? And what do we want them to see? Do we really want the world to see that, we're getting ready for a world cup and we're debating whether or not domestic cup competitions are worth it. <laughs> it's, is that really what we want the world to see? I mean, they already think we're a joke. Uh, we want to prove them wrong on the field. But oh. We're a joke, whether we, we could win the world cup and we'd still be a joke. If this is what we're actually spending our time um, worrying about, like getting rid of a domestic cup competition. Um, all the all the players playing in the Premier League and League One or whatever, um, uh, La Liga can't can't really combat that if that's what we're going to be spending our time on. So um, yeah, it's let's figure this out, guys. Come on. <laughs> uh, there's a lot to digest, Matt. It's a lot to digest, and so maybe that's a good way to end it. You know, we are uh, certainly looking forward to how the union season progresses. And one of the sad things about this is based on the scenario you're, you're saying will most likely happen. Again, no chance for Union Riverhounds uh, clash, which would be fantastic. Yes. Uh, we have to keep four in the years to come, hopefully. Um, but yeah, that that's unfortunate because uh, that's something that would be a lot of fun uh, for you and I. But for 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 Pennsylvania soccer in general, I think mm -hmm. it would just it would be fantastic. Um, for yeah, sure. man, we need to have a we need to have a Commonwealth Cup at uh, at Jeffrey Field. That's what we got to do, man. Just it's fine with me. I mean, heck, where else are you going to go in the middle of the state? That would be a you know a real nice uh, nice pitch and uh, really, I mean, so yeah, that sounds good to me. Yeah, and I mean, I'm excited. I saw that they're going to do PA Classics is doing their uh, college thing this, this spring again. Pit uh, one of the, the Pit Women's mm. coming out, so. I think any of those types of things where if we can, you know, find ways to to build that build that rivalry, I think it would be great. Um, you know, I, I still I'm not an NFL fan, but I, I still don't understand why the Steelers and the, the Eagles don't play each other every year. That that should be a thing. But, you know, <laughs> I digress. Right. In the preseason, they don't, I don't even think they do it anymore. Um, um, but yeah, <laughs> I think that we anything that we can do to build bridges in terms of um yeah, at least we have the high schools, right? We have yes. the we have the high schools. Uh, we have some college um, connections we'll here. We'll keep and there. trying to beat Moon, man. We'll keep trying. <laughs> <laughs> the Moon girls will keep coming out and keep winning state titles. Uh, but but we'll and see. Bill and, and uh, Bill and Joe will, will keep competing on because I think Bill pulled ahead with the wins after winning the winning the state title this year. So the yeah. the battle of the the coaches. <laughs> Well, I will say this realignment in the in our uh, in District Seven uh, took place uh, officially came out yesterday, 
And so uh, everybody's pretty much where they should be, but uh, but we'll see more competition for Moon in that that three A this time around uh, in the fall, I think. Um, but it only made them better. It only made them better and more prepared for what to expect. And and uh, and then are we? St how long are we talking about Mechanicsburg experiment in terms of the finals? It needs to I think end. it's a few more years. It needed to end after last year. It was that was a complete uh the four A boys final was a complete and utter failure of human beings. So um and how you treat kids. So and on top of that, uh, you know, the kids get punished, but where's the punishment toward the behavior of the security? That's what I want to know. So uh <laughs> I think there's a there's yeah I was not I was not anti Mechanicsburg in year one but last summer last year I was this past year um, they need to work some things out and how to actually manage teenagers going to soccer games and not setting them up for um, to be you know uh, they're kids man like they're and you should never ever in in any way have security yelling at kids celebrating a state championship. I'm sorry. That's the players, the players deserve that. And, you know, if you have employees who want to go home, then. That was a... there. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I, I agree completely. Yeah. All right, Matt. Well, it's great connecting with you. We will uh, throughout the course of this year, of course, follow each other closely and help each other out as much as we can. Um, looking forward to a lot of crazy fun. Who knows what's going to happen in 2024? Um, but good luck with the uh, union season and uh, with everything going on uh, your way. Uh, and of course, you know, we'll just have to wait and see what happens with this Open Cup business. Yeah. Stay tuned. Fun. Let's All right. Stay tuned. Absolutely. All right. Thanks, Matt. Yeah, thanks for having me.